vicarious atonement, justification by faith alone, sanctification, words that came out of the Reformation, words that were used in theological treatises, words that I'm not sure all the time we really have a grasp on. Out of the Reformation then also came those great three solas, sola scriptura, sola gratia, sola fadie, faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone. Do we know, do we understand what those words mean? And especially, do we understand what grace truly is? That's a question a Sunday school teacher asked her young class. Who can give me a definition of what grace is? And one little girl came up. She said, I can, I can. I said, okay, wh what? She said, unmerited favor from God. That's right, said the teacher. Now what does that mean? The little girl stood there, kind of stammered, looked down at her feet. Says, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. And maybe that's true so often in the church. Maybe we just preach grace and assume everyone understands it. That we know when we hear that word grace what it means. How we should anticipate it. What it means for our lives. And yet, the message of the church seems unclear to many in the world. I don't know if you remember a few years ago there were some billboards put over the Detroit metropolitan area that said that there are over one million people who are living happy lives in the world without any religion. Do you remember those that were up? You know, the spokesperson for one of those billboards was a 24-year-old woman who had been raised as a Christian out on the west coast of Michigan in Christian reform. She said, you know, I grew up my whole life in the church but I just finally got so tired of the rules and the regulations and the things I had to do. You know, as I studied more, as I learned more, I realized Jesus didn't have a market on the golden rule. There were plenty of societies throughout the world that taught that to be good to others, to take care of friends. It wasn't Jesus alone. It wasn't the Christian churches alone. All religions, remember this summer when we had the series, the Mythbuster Sister. All religions, she said, anticipate the same thing, hang on to the same thing. So why do we need any of them? We can just be good to people on our own. Well, that would be true if that's all that religion taught, if that's all the Christian church ever taught, if that was the only message, that it was just another way, that we were supposed to simply be good to our neighbors and take care of others and that would get us into heaven and that would be what we call a law a rule but Paul speaks very plainly to that today when he says no one is justified no one has faith in Christ no one receives forgiveness righteousness that word he means holiness by observing the law in fact he says there is now a righteousness, a holiness, a purity, a forgiveness that comes to us apart from the law. And it's by faith in Jesus Christ. You see, that grace, that gift that we talk about in the church is supposed to do something in our lives. It's supposed to remind us constantly, and that's why we come back to it again and again and again, that we are free. 
We are free from the rules and the regulations of a law that would tell us this is the way we have to live in order to get right with God, in order to hope that we might have heaven. You know, I always think it's an interesting interchange in the gospel with Jesus and that crowd as he talks to them. If you continue in my words, he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And isn't it interesting to watch them bristle at that word, to set you free? Now remember, this is the crowd, this isn't an antagonistic crowd with Jesus. This is a crowd that it says to those who believed in him. They believed he was the Messiah, he was the one sent. But the minute he used that word, set you free, they bristle. And then they say words that almost seem impossible to me to believe. We've never been slaves. We are Abraham's children. We've never been slaves to anyone. And I always sit back kind of as an aside and go, well, let's see, there was Egypt, there was Assyria, there was Babylon, but okay, you can believe that if you want. Well, what did they mean? How can they say we have never been slaves to anyone? You see, part of what was in their mindset Part of what they were saying to Jesus is realize this. We have held on to our identity. We have held on to our rituals. We have held on to observing the law. Whether we were a conquered people or not, we held on to these things that kept us pure, that kept us God's people. These were the things that gave us status, no matter what or who was over us. We are free because of the things that we have observed. Isn't that interesting? The things that they had observed, that was their source of freedom. And yet Jesus said plainly to them, no, you have not been free. You are only free if the Son sets you free indeed. Isn't that what happens? Isn't that what those billboards mean? Isn't that so often what people think the message of the church is? That we have identity, that we have status, that we live in this world by observing a set of rules and regulations that make us good people. Well, of course, because that's a natural default for us as human beings. The law is a natural thing to us. It comes easily because we live in a world where that is the motif that everything happens. If you do good, you receive this. If you do bad, you receive this. That's the way our laws, our societies are set up. Observe this, everything's fine, life is good. Work hard at a job, work hard at school, you get rewarded. This is the way it works. And so, because it's so natural to us, we interpolate it and push it onto God and say, well, then that's the way God must work. That's the way our life must be as a Christian. We must just have to do the things that God has asked. That's what the Jews thought. That's what their identity, in fact, that's what the Pharisees taught them, that it was so important to observe the law that that's what kept them in their status with God. And if they missed it, their status was gone. But Jesus said that he came for freedom. Freedom from those laws. Freedom from those regulations. Freedom in our lives. 
You know, there's a theological term that talks about the gospel, that talks about grace as the foreign work of God in our lives. Foreign because it's not part of us. It's something that we have to hear again and again and again because of our default mode, because of the mode where we always fall back into saying, I have to do this in order to get this. And then comes, as Paul says, this righteousness to us, this freedom, this gift of grace that is apart from that, that we have to hear again and again and again. What is grace? Unmerited favor from God. We even have an acronym that we use for it. God's riches at Christ's expense. But do we really understand it? Do we know what it means to experience it? And in experiencing it, do we understand the freedom that comes from it? You know, that was the dilemma of a college prof at a Christian university. She was teaching a systematics course, and of course, in that systematics course, she came upon discussing grace with the class. Well, it finally came to the end of the semester. Time for that final exam. She told them before the exam, now, most everything that we've studied is in the test, but there are a few things that weren't on the syllabus, things that you're going to need to draw from on the book. Some of the kids bristled at that. They were a little upset. Well, now you tell us we've got a night to study for that. She said, well, there'll definitely be things on there that maybe you would have had to have read. We didn't talk about them in class. The day of the test came, and like always, all the tests were on the desk when the students came in face down. They knew nobody turned it over until everybody was ready and the teacher said, go, start the test. And when that moment came and she said, start, they turned over their papers and lo and behold, in front of them, every single answer on that test had been filled in already. At the very end of the test was a note. It said this, every answer on this test has been completed for you. Every answer is correct. All your studying, all your work, everything you've done has done nothing to affect your grade on this test. It is a gift. I've tried to discuss grace with you throughout the semester, but now you have experienced it. This is grace. It's a gift. And you did nothing. You know, there were even some kids who were upset at that. Well, how can you give everybody the same grade? We worked harder than they did. We did other things. We put a little more effort. We had study groups. You see, we hear that word grace, that gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And our natural reaction is still to say, well, that's not fair. Because I've lived this way, and I've done this, and I've been in the church my whole life, and I've served on this, and I've believed all this. Why is it the same for everybody? Do you remember the parable Jesus told on that? The parables of the workers, the laborers, that the man went out early in the morning to hire some people to reap the harvest in his fields, and he agreed to pay them this certain wage when he hired them. And as the day went on, he saw that the work wasn't being completed. And so he went back into the marketplace and found more workers standing idle, and he agreed to hire them to come into his field to get the work done and to pay them that same wage. And then as the day progressed even longer, it wasn't getting done, and he went back and found the few that had not been hired that day, asked them to come into the field, and agreed to pay them to finish the harvest. And at the end of the day, when everybody came to receive their wages, do you remember what the first ones hired said? 
They're receiving the same thing that we're getting, but we've been working since like 8 in the morning when the sun came up, and they only worked from 3 o'clock in the afternoon. How is that fair? And Jesus said in the parable, how is it that you can complain at what I do with what I have? It is mine to give. It is a gift that I give freely. You agreed to this, they agreed to that. It is a gift that I give. You see, that's grace. And experiencing that and understanding that in our lives is supposed to produce freedom in our lives. Freedom from the regulations. Freedom from not just holding on to those things, but the fear that I haven't done this. Or the attitude in us that I've done more. For freedom's sake, this gospel was given. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Free from anything that would hold you down. Free from you having to think there is anything that you could ever do in your lives. To be right with God. It's a gift. No matter who you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter if it's the last breath you draw on this earth and your whole life you didn't believe, if in that moment the gospel has come to you and you understand and you take hold of what God is handing to you as a gift, it's yours. You get the same reward. The gift of grace and freedom in Jesus Christ. You know, Luther struggled for so long as a monk in the church with the regulations, with the rituals, with the things that were trying to make him right, and he had to observe that it drove him almost insane as he beat his body, as he pummeled himself, as he tried to discipline himself to find in him no sin to be able to be righteous, to be able to keep the law. And it wasn't until his confessor Staupitz guided him into the gospel and Luther studied and came upon that passage. Now there exists a righteousness apart from the law that is through faith, through believing that Jesus did it for us and that we are free because of it. That's what grace is. It's given to us not only so that we know our sins are forgiven, but so that we might live free. And with that freedom, we now have the ability to enjoy the things that God has asked us to do, to experience joy from service wherever we are. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever experienced a moment, maybe it was somebody on a street you handed some money to, maybe you served somewhere else, maybe you did something and you experienced joy from doing that? It was something that you really liked, it was good, that's all right. It's okay to experience joy. We are supposed to experience joy from our service because we're free from having to do it in order to be right with God. You see, that's the freedom that Luther envisioned as he talked about what grace truly meant. He was now free to serve God. We are free to love one another, to forgive one another, to celebrate the gifts, not because we have to, but because it produces joy in us. Because the freedom that we have been given allows us to live and move and serve one another out of love and forgiveness that has been given to each one of us. Freedom. Free to live. Free to serve. Free to experience the grace of God. We are free. And anyone that ever says the word to you, have to, you should ignore. 
There are no have-tos in grace. There is only believing what Jesus did for us and the freedom that comes from it. May we ever be vigilant in that foreign work to us, to hear it again and again and again. We are free. We are forgiven. We have this gift of grace given to us equally, every single one of us. Nothing we could do could ever change that. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It's what we hold to in the church. May that be the message that we preach and that we teach and that we bring out into the world. It's not about regulations. It's not about rules. It's about freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray with me. Jesus, we have been freed indeed because of your work on the cross. We give you thanks and praise this day as we remember the Reformation, as your word has been given back to each of us, that word that sets us free. Lord, may we ever hold to it. May we ever hear from it of the freedom and the love and the forgiveness you won for us. May we never drift back into works and to trying to do things to please you. May we remember always that we, you are pleased in us because of Jesus, our Savior, the one who did set us free indeed. Amen.